0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan.
1: Welcome into the Friday, June 21st edition. The Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Taking you to the weekend we got the NHL draft tonight. We had the NBA draft last night. we got a lot to get into. We'll get your phone calls as well. You can join the program anytime we do it at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Be a part of the program on the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. So, Last night, not a surprise for anyone. If you watched any part of the draft last night or listened to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, you saw that the number one pick belonged to Duke. That's right. The Duke Blue Devils get their man and the number one spot. Zion Williamson, selected number one overall by the Pelicans. The second time the Pelicans have made the first overall pick. Of course, uh, you know where the last one went. Anthony Davis, you know where he's at now. And it was a big night for the ACC. Williamson was the first of ten ACC players that were taken in the first round. That is tied for the most by any single conference in the common draft era. That's huge. I mean, that is really big. Duke produced three of the top ten picks in 2019. Zion Williamson first, R.J. Barrett third, and Cam Reddish tenth. Duke is the second school in the common draft era to have three players taken in the top ten a single draft. So it's, it's a big deal. It really was. Plus, I thought what we saw last night in the draft is international players maybe not getting the lottery love, but we saw four Canadian board players selected in the first round. That is the most picks by any country other than the United States in the first round of the draft. So Canadian players are starting to come into their own. I know that's a big deal for me because... You think Canada, you selfishly think, well, that's a hockey country. They lay hockey up there. What do they know about basketball? Well, that's a big deal. Because if Canada becomes a viable ground for NBA players, all the better for the NBA. The expansion, of course, into Canada by the NBA trying to make that a viable country for the sport. Well, you get Toronto winning your championship. Canada becomes a viable country for your sport. Where does the NBA go next? Do you, do you go south? Do You go Mexico? Is that viable? I wouldn't think you would expand the NBA too far off of the uh, off of the mainland. I don't want to see the football route that the NFL is taking with teams in London. I, I don't think I would want to see that with the NBA. I like Canada as an option. You know, maybe you have a team in Mexico, maybe. Is that a possibility? We've seen NFL, we've seen football played down there. So that's a possibility as well. So overall, I thought it was a pretty standard draft. No big surprises. I'm a Lakers fan, so I really didn't have anything going for me to watch the draft last week. So I was just keeping an eye on it and keeping up. Now, I was watching second round, later picks, thinking, okay, could John Elmore sneak into this? I mean, that was probably the only thing keeping me around late in the second round because it, it went past midnight, and I was just thinking, could he sneak in? Now, I was hopeful. I wasn't, I wasn't convinced it would happen, and it's not a slight on John at all. I wasn't convinced it would happen because you get 60 slots, and you're pulling from kids across the United States. You're playing Basketball now in other countries, and it's become so much more of a viable option for teams to pick players from those countries, international players, Canadian players. And yesterday in our show poll on Twitter, I asked you, will Elmore be selected in the NBA draft? And 78% of you said no. And I'm sure that was, for a lot of you, that was pretty hard to click that no. 22% of you optimistic, you said yes, he would get drafted. So, unfortunately, not drafted. Not the end of the road, however. So now we've got free agency. There could be a team that looks at John and thinks, you know, he'd be a good fit here for the team. We'd like to pick him up. You also have summer basketball. You've got summer league. And that's an option as well. It's an opportunity for John to play against other players, talent that he'd be competing against, give him an opportunity to showcase his skill, show that he has Maybe what it takes to make an NBA team. I mean, there are still options for him. You know, maybe the same thing there for a C.J. Burks. Maybe Rondell Watson gets a summer spot. Who knows? These are options, though. It's out there. So his dream isn't over. I know it was pretty quiet on the John Elmore front last night because we didn't hear his name called, and that would have been great to hear his name. He would have been the first player called since Hassan Whiteside, and more notably, Tamar Slay, you look at those guys and you hope that you can add to the list. Elmore was as viable as a candidate, as anybody that's come out of Marshall in the last several years to get drafted. Not the end of the road, though. So keeping positive on that, I'd like to see him in the association. That would be fun. Or a C.J. Burks, and I think C.J.'s got as uh, much as a chance. And we really did talk about C.J. And that's on us. That's on me. Not talking about C.J. yesterday. Because I know John was the one who, he had the whirlwind tour. At least that's the whirlwind tour I knew about. He was going across country, showcasing for teams, getting worked out. So there was some interest there. It's not, you just don't walk up, knock on the door and say, hey, I'm John Elmore. I'd like to work out for you. You don't do that. So he got several opportunities from teams. They wanted to look at him, see what they thought, evaluate him. So there's interest there. I don't think you bring someone to work them out, and then forget about them unless they just didn't perform well. And if you you know John, you read him on social media. You know he he was not lying when he said he felt good about how everything went. You know, that wasn't just him trying to blow up the situation. He said he felt good. So really felt good about how things worked out. So. We'll see. Could it happen? I mean, it's been an interesting story. This, this is the first time in a while that I'm actually interested in summer league. If Elmore makes a team, if CJ makes a team, you know, Rondell, if he makes a team. If those guys get on somewhere at least to continue their push to get into the NBA, I will be a little more interested. Now, this isn't going to be must-see TV for me. I'm not going to divert my schedule to watch Summer League basketball. I will record it and watch it at my leisure. Now, if Elmore's playing and I'm at the house and I've got the TV on, I'll flip over. Same with CJ. If CJ's on, he's live, I know about it. I'm going to watch some of this. I'm going to keep an eye on it. And really just that outside shot was the reason why I was sticking around in the second round for the for the draft last night goes past midnight. I don't want to say it was boring, but it was boring. I don't know if you can make drafts exciting. I don't know if you can, unless you have a lot of movement. And we did have a lot of movement, a lot of trades. But at the same time, we're talking about, you know, here are teams that are picking, and they pick a player that someone else has picked for them because that's going to be part of the trade, like the Anthony Davis trade. And the Pelicans made out. I mean, the Hawks made out, too, but the Pelicans did well, and the Hawks did well. I don't think the Phoenix Suns did so well. And Now we get free agency. That's going to be interesting to see where some of these pieces fall. You know, will the Lakers become a super team? Will they save some cap space? I mean, that's where the interesting part of this begins. And then I get to repeat all this tonight, and I'm a little bit more interested in tonight because tonight, first round of the NHL draft— I'm a little bit more excited because, well, New Jersey Devils have got the number one pick and the New York Rangers have got the number two pick. And let me tell you, I have more interest in the first two picks than I did the NBA because we knew, we knew Zion Williamson was going to be the overall pick. In the NHL tonight, we think we know who's going to be the overall pick. But we don't know yet because the New Jersey Devils could maybe pull a switcheroo on us. And we'll talk more about that. Let's save that for the next segment. We'll get into a little bit of the NHL draft. We'll get your phone calls in as well. You can also find me on Twitter. I will read your comments, at PaulSwan, at Paul Swan. No, not twice. I'm just repeating it, Make it easy for you. So you can find me on Twitter. You can join the program on the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Welcome back to the Friday edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So now the NBA draft is over. We await to see what kind of free agent signings are going to happen, what's going to happen with Summer League. So we'll put that aside for right now. I'm excited for the NHL draft, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, when we were busy yesterday talking about the draft and talking Marshall basketball, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to just briefly touch on the fact that you've got West Virginia defensive back, well, former West Virginia defensive back, Derek Pitts, enrolling at Marshall. So. What's that mean? Well, I think you know what that means. And he's a guy that will have some eligibility. Could help that safety position. Could help that secondary. It could help. I mean, here's a kid that was a four-star recruit from South Charleston High School. Staying in-state. He was highly ranked by Rivals. Rivals. Had some experience with the Mountaineers. He's played in, uh, 19 games. Played 19 games. And he had one interception, which uh, was in the loss to uh, Syracuse in the bowl. But he's got a couple of years' eligibility. Add some depth to the Thundering Herd. We'll see what it looks like, though. That's the thing. Yeah, You can't get too excited about these things right now. I mean, the transfer portal... I know I've heard Doc talk about this before, and not 100% on board with it. Now, he's going to use it. I don't want to misspeak for him, but I know he's talked about how kids can just now leave. And that's true. A lot of kids will get fed up with a coach, not the right situation for them, and they go and find another situation that's better for them. And I'm sure that drives some coaches crazy. Now, why does that drive a coach crazy? Well, you got a kid, you spent time and energy and you put effort into recruiting and now the kid you know, doesn't like the situation. He doesn't stick it out. Instead goes elsewhere. I'm for one fine with the transport portal. I really am. Because it gives these kids an opportunity. If the school's not a good fit for them, I don't think it's a bad idea for them to want to leave. It gives the kid an opportunity. Maybe the school's not a good fit for that kid. Maybe, you know what, I got here, and sure, I could be getting some more playing time, but maybe the academics aren't all that's cracked up to be, and that could go for any school, or you know, I'm really not getting what I want, because maybe I'm not focusing solely on football. I'm focusing on other things. And you know, there's a better situation for me. New coach comes in, coaching change. You know, All these things. You know, I said give the kids options. I mean, you're not giving the kid a paycheck, so give the kid options. Of course, I would love to have Doug Smock, formerly of the Gazette, in here just to talk about the whole issue of student-athletes getting paid. He will bring up some interesting counter arguments and I will just say, I miss having that guy available at my disposal. But that's, um, that's at least the football news uh, coming out a couple of days ago. Derek Pitts enrolling at Marshall. What that means for Marshall football, the future will reveal to us. And of course, with that said, there's some interesting things that are going on as far as what's happening at Conference USA. First of all, You know how universities are are always looking for new revenue sources. I saw where Old Dominion got some revenue, naming the Ted Constant Center, getting some renaming money, and I'm curious. I won't go into their details, but they get a pretty good deal for naming rights, and and I'm curious, could we ever see that truly take hold at Marshall? What would that look like? If someone came by now and said, look, I know it's Marshall University Stadium. It's Jones C. Edwards Stadium. It's Marshall University Stadium, whatever you want to call it. All right. How how long does she have the naming rights? How long was she granted? Or at least what was the deal? Because it's Jones C. Edwards Stadium, and it's in honor of Jones C. Edwards. She was a, a very important philanthropist. She invested a lot in the university, very charitable with her donations, and she's got the stadium named after her. Let's say West Banco. I'm going to use them as an example. Let's say West Banco comes in and says, You know, we want to drop X amount of dollars on you, and we want to name it West Banco Stadium. Do you accept that deal? Does that deal happen? Or let's just say you don't touch football. The Joan, you can't touch it. No, not happening. That is ironclad. Okay. When do we see naming rights of the Henderson Center? For however long the Henderson Center is around, how much is that worth? That'd be an interesting little revenue boost, wouldn't you think? You could call it. Let's just use West Banco again. I'm giving them free pub here. I don't even have a banking account with them. I don't have a checking account with them at all. Say West Banco Arena. And then make some allusion to the Henderson Center. How would that work? Think about it, hit me up on Twitter at Paul Swan. I want to get your feedback on that. Would you accept that? Would you take that? Because after all, the Cam Henderson Center, it's an iconic name. And keep this in mind, this is what they did at ODU. The Constant Center Interior is what they named. Chartaway Arena. So Old Dominion's Ted Constance Convocation Center, and they call it the Ted. Chartway Federal Credit Union is going to give them 4.25. That's right, 4.25 million over 10 years. They're going to name the interior of the venue Chartway Arena. And there's already going to be a, a Chartway Arena sign that's going to be on the building. It's still going to be the Ted Constant Convocation Center. But the same thing is, all of a sudden, there's some naming rights opportunities. What if you did that? What if, what if I come in, Swan Banking, I have a bank now, and it's the Cam Henderson Center, or it's Swan Arena at the Cam Henderson Center. The drive with Paul Swan Arena, that would really go over well with some. The drive with Paul Swan Arena at Cam Henderson Center. Putting my brand out there. right? Yeah, that's right. Right now, the check is being written. Mike Kurtner, my boss, the owner of this fine company, is writing the check. It's going to be, it wouldn't be the drive with Paul Swan Arena. No, it would be... It would be 93-7 The Dog, our, our sister station. It would be that arena. 93-7 The Dog Arena at the Cam Henderson Center. Or Kindred Communications Center at the Cam Henderson Center. And we drop $4.25 million. Do you take that check? Of course you take that check. You completely take that check. You have to. And I get it. It's the Cam Anderson Center. It's been the Cam Anderson Center since it opened. Same thing with the soccer complex. It's Hoops Family Field at Veterans Memorial Soccer Complex. It's named the vet. I refer to it as the vet. Heard coaches refer to it as Hoops Family Field. They know where their paycheck is signed. You take that deal. I think you would do that. You have to. You have to. And same thing. I would open that up for football. I would look at what made sense for football, and I would take that deal. I mean, it would be a new stream of revenue. How much, how much is that worth? How much is Jones C. Edwards Stadium worth if you put your name on it? Your brand name goes there. What do you do? You're worth $4 million, $5 million. Is that $5 million over 10 years? What's the deal there? What's the value there? And, of course, it still could be Jones C. Edwards Stadium. And I know already the naming is there. You Edwards Field, Jones C. Edwards Stadium. You find some way to maybe keep Their name attached to this venue, however you want to go about it, because after all, they did commit to the family. Joan C. Edwards committed a a lot of resources to the university, and I can get that completely. You want to to honor her. You want to honor their contribution and what she's given to the university, you should honor. But at the same time, you're looking for revenue sources, right? Looking for revenue sources, looking for ways to expand the revenue base so you can do more. And what a great way is to open up naming rights, set the price, someone write the check. Both the Henderson Center, both the Joan, write the check, put the naming rights up there. I mean, I know you've got opportunities with the Henderson Center. You've got, of course, the hospital logo on the court. You've got signage. You've got the new scoreboard. You've got all of that. You've got plenty of in arena advertising and opportunities there. I mean, if it's an open space, it's it's eligible to be sold. Really is. If there's a bare space and they think they can put an ad there, they're going to put an ad there, and that's just how college athletics work at uh, certain levels. You're looking for revenue sources. And what a great way to get an influx of cash. All of a sudden, you're getting a naming deal, and all you have to do is just rename the arena, put a sign up. And refer to it and all your future communications or press releases, everything that goes along with that, now you're referring to it as the new name sponsor at Cam Henderson Center. Of course, you know us, we're still going to call it the Cam probably. A lot of us will rebel. And think, hey, no, that's the Cam. That's the Cam. But it's a possibility. Keep that in mind. Would you take that check? I would say you do. You have to. And I would think that it's come up. Maybe not the right price. Maybe the benefits haven't been worth it. But there's got to be that deal that comes up. And you look at that and you go, okay, we got to take this money. We got to take this offer. We got to take this deal. We've got to bring this kind of revenue in. And for what? Naming of a stadium, naming of an arena. I mean, Will the baseball park get that kind of treatment? Will Coach Cook's name be on it in some form, fashion? And those things are still to be decided, I'm sure. But I mean, you got the Chris Klein indoor complex. What if someone else came forward and, and th- started dropping some money? What if a, a brand came in? Regional brand, corporate sponsor. It's a possibility. We'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Welcome back to the Friday edition. The drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. If you missed any part of the program any day, you can always go back and find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. We're also on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find today's program. Now, earlier we were talking about the NBA draft and unfortunately uh, not a Marshall player taken. There was an outside chance. There was an outside shot that we could see John Elmore's name called. Now, a lot of us were hoping. Now, with that said, We'll watch free agency now. That's going to be the next story. Free agency is going to land somewhere. And if not free agency not necessarily, get on the Summer League, have an opportunity there. And then there's still the opportunity of playing overseas. So there are plenty of opportunities for him. I know the NBA is still goal number one, mission number one, and there are avenues to get in. But with the NBA draft over, we move to free agency now and, I know a lot of people are still trying to recover from last night's draft. and All I know is I'm ready to move on. It's time for the NHL draft. That's coming up tonight. 8 o'clock is when I will be watching the first round. I don't know if I'm going all the way. I'm going to get my second pick. Because the first round of the NHL draft tonight, which is going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia. It's funny, the NBA draft is uh, in America, and the champion resides in Canada. The NHL draft is in Canada, and the champion team resides in America. And we're going to see an American taken first tonight, because that's the play. If you're the New Jersey Devils, you've got to figure out, where do we go? Do we go with a lot of upside here with Jack Hughes? He is the number one rated American player on the board. And in most draft boards, he's one, or if he's not one, he's two. And then you got the finish right winger, Capo Keiko. And guess what? Say the Devils tech, Jack Hughes. I'm sitting there at number two with the Rangers. We'll take Capo, please. I don't even think you let the clock wind. I think you let New Jersey go up and just make their pick. And then after all that glad handings done, you just brush them off the stage and you're ready to go. I would walk up behind the devils. If I'm New York, I'd have the pick ready to go. I'd have two cards. I'd know which card is which. Okay. Devils take Jack Hughes commissioner. Here you go. Here's my card. Let's go get them off stage. We we got a draft to go. By the way, I said that the NBA draft was kind of boring last night. NHL draft it's going to be completely different. Completely different because um, you'll have your green room. You'll have your players in the stands. You'll have parents in the stands with the players. You'll have all of that. And it might not have the intimacy that the draft had last night for the NBA. It might not have the polish. But it's going to have a lot of executives talking. That's right. That's one reason why I'm not necessarily a big watcher of the NHL draft, even though it's my sport. It's my favorite sport, that in football. Like 1-1-A one one there. You'll get commissioner will um, hand things off. The commissioner doesn't make the pick. Then again, this is Gary Bettman we're talking about. Bettman hands it over. New Jersey, the front office will all come up on the stage. I'm serious. If you have not watched this thing, and maybe it'll change, I hope. Well, they'll come up on stage and they'll just talk about the kids' character and how great their pick is. Just pick the pick. That's it. That's what I you know, again, that's why I like the baseball draft. Just make the pick. We don't need this thing to be a major television production. Just make the pick the nfl we've made it into a weekend event which starts a week ahead of time i mean we take over a city we have a festival we have street parties and it's it's america's biggest party after the super bowl and then the nba they get their business done in one night it's a long night but they get their business done in one night we got two rounds 60 picks two rounds First round's going to be a little longer than the second round. Second round, assistant commissioner comes up, starts taking picks. Let's go. Let's get this over with. Let's roll. We got things to do. We're busy. NHL draft It's going to be similar. It's going to be like a cross between the NFL and the NBA draft. And I don't need that. I don't need the pontification. I don't need me watching you. Tell me how great you did of a job. This is a great character pick, or this is a great yeah. No, leave. You stay at the table. Stay at the table. And, you know, and they got the. It's like the war room down there. That's what I love. It's got the. They got the war room again. This is a cross between the NFL and the and the NBA. You didn't see any of that war room stuff. Yeah, you know, on on the court or on the floor. You don't see that NHL. It's like front and center. They got all the tables down there. No, pick up the phone. Okay, all right, okay, commissioner. Here's our pick. That's it. See Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones didn't go into the draft. He's sitting. He's sitting back at Dallas Command Center. That's where he's sitting. And if it wasn't for um, Houston having a team, he'd probably be at the you know in Houston at, the, at NASA. Making the pick. NHL draft coming up tonight. I'm excited, though, because um, uh, all that fun and games aside, the serious part of this is you've got an American being taken. He is regarded as a top prospect for the 2019 draft, and he could become the eighth American-born player drafted one. You don't have that many. You only have seven, as it is. Patrick Kane's one of those names. Uh, Mike Madonna, one of those names, he's picked in 1988. Uh, Brian Walton, 1983. Austin Matthews in 2016. We'll see where he, uh, his trajectory ends up. But uh, not that many players in the United States, American born, drafted number one. And that's a pretty big deal. And the kids from Orlando, he was born in Orlando, and he could. And will become the third player born in Florida drafted in the first round. And that's another thing. Florida, the hotbed of hockey. How crazy is that? Of course, part of the appeal here is also his brother, seventh overall in 2018, Quinn Hughes. And so the Hughes brothers will join the. Uh, Kachuk's, that's Matthew and Brady Kachuk, as the only pair of brothers drafted in the top ten of the NHL draft. I mean, that's crazy. Now, here's the thing though. Kid's five foot ten. I'm taller than this kid. Where's my NHL cr- contract? I'm taller than this kid. Come on, five foot ten, and he's the number one guy. I don't know. I'm excited though because uh, he goes number one to the Devils. I get the finish, kid. He's bigger. He's going to have a bigger impact. He's probably going to be the uh, rookie of the year. And Think of it that way. He's going to be the rookie of the year. All right, we got more on the way. We're going to wrap this up, get you set for your weekend. Uh, we will do that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, the 2019 West Virginia Broadcasters Association best talk show on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: You guys know my weekend plans. Well, at least know part of it. NHL draft for me. Baseball this weekend as well. Pirates baseball all weekend right here on ESPN 94.1 FM. And AM 930. So looking forward to that. Hopefully the Pirates can start turning things around. They're not looking so good right now. That is concerning management here. So we're looking forward to seeing what they can do. And, of course, All-Star break's coming up sooner than you think. I was looking at the calendar the other day. Yeah, the All-Star break is almost upon us. Can you believe that? Um, Where's the summer gone? I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, let's get this thing over with. Let's get back to football. And I'm... I'm in agreement with you to a point here. Uh, We can ease it in a little bit. We can can ease it in. Welcome back to The Drive. Paul Swan, your host, and uh, we'll take your phone calls. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Now, NBA draft over, NHL draft going to start tonight. And then wrapping up, getting closer to the conclusion of the College World Series. And also... Yeah, you know what? United States advancing to the round of 16 in the World Cup. They'll face off against Spain. That's right, Spain. They beat Sweden 2-0. Sweden gets to face off against Canada. And... The United States will take on Spain on June 24th. And I am all on board with this thing right now. I didn't think I would be. But the United States has become the superpower in soccer, in women's soccer at least, that just amuses me. Because this is a sport that this, this is the United States. We're not a soccer-loving nation, despite what everyone tells me. And again, let me preface this by saying, if it's martial soccer, I'm all in. If it's martial soccer. And that's it. Unless it's Team USA, and then I'm back all in. Team USA, heard soccer, everything else, click. But United States, 18 goals in the group stage. That is the most in Women's World Cup group stage history. That's right. I mean, that's crazy. 18 group stage goals, that's the most in not just women's. That's, that's World Cup history. 1954, Hungary. The power that they were in 1954. They hold the men's record for 17. And the United States also has this crazy 13-game unbeaten streak in Women's World Cup. It is the longest unbeaten streak in World Cup history for the women. Uh, Last loss came in 2011 group stage versus Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. The Women's World Cup record for consecutive unbeaten games is 15 by Germany. And the United States has already advanced past group stage for eight consecutive FIFA Women's World Cups. Know what the record is in the group stage? Twenty-one and three. Twenty-one and three. So I'm I'm all on board with this thing. Steamroll in other countries? I mean, I hope they score five or six on, on Spain because they want France. And that's what I like about this team. I think that's what has excited me. They're embracing this role. They're coming in here. They know they're among the best in the world. And everyone's talking France. Hey, host country, France, they're really good, too. And Team USA's like, nah, we, we want that game. We completely want And that's the attitude I love. I'm serious. I mean, you be respectful. You be respectful. But then you get to this point, like, we just scored 18 goals in everybody. And you're still doubting us. So we're going to have to go out there and just punch France in the mouth. Now, i casually watched this. I haven't really tuned into this. But I'm, I'm in now. Knockout round, sure, I'm in. I'm, I'm all on board. If it doesn't conflict with anything. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm busy. I'll check my calendar. What am I doing on the 24th? I'll have to see. Uh, I don't have a time for this thing yet. But uh, Spain. Now, watch them fall flat on their face against Spain, and then i got to walk this whole thing back. But that's where we're at now, the women. And has anyone really noticed? I think if they hadn't dropped all the points they have on teams, I don't know if people would have been even noticing, paying attention to this, because you've got so many soccer events going on right now. I'm sure that's distracting a lot of people and a lot of attention. And I know there's still argument that, okay, uh, the women aren't fairly compensated the way the men are. And I'm looking at this thinking, you know what? Um, the men aren't 21 and three all the time in the group stage. The women at 21 and three, I wouldn't ask for, uh, for pay equity. I would ask for more. Seriously, I would ask for more money. It's like, look, you want the best? Pay them. I would pay them better than the men because they bring more hardware home than the men. I mean, you can do that in this. You should, this shouldn't even be an issue. It's like, okay, how successful are they? Look at their resume. Look at their trophy case. Okay, how much are they getting compared to the men? No. Either pay the women more or take less of a money. Take the money from the men and just move it over. They didn't pay the women more. So I will guess. I guess I'll be watching some of this. I don't know. Um, I'm into it though, just because uh, Team USA. I'm, I'm. Oh, especially Olympics. When we get to that stuff, I'm really a, a fan. I like the Winter Olympics a lot more than the Summer Olympics at times. But yeah, it's it's Team USA. Now I'm not going to go crazy on Twitter and, and tweet all this stuff. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not going to go out there and just tweet every goal because that would get annoying quick. That will completely get annoying. So, today is June 21st, and um, when I was getting ready for the show today, uh, doing some prep. Today, this is the day that the Heat beat the Thunder in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. LeBron James got his first NBA championship on this very date in 2012. Mike Miller had 23 points on 7 for 8 three-point shooting for the Heat. And then... Um, Tomorrow, remember the Rockets? Well, back on June 22nd of 1994, the Rockets win their first NBA title, beating the New York Knicks 90-84 in Game 7 of the Finals. And, of course, uh, June 23rd, big day for me. 1999, Wayne Gretzky inducted into the NHL. Hall of Fame, and they actually waived the waiting period. They said basically um, this is the greatest of all time. He gets in now. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you checking in and uh, letting us get your weekend set. We will come back stronger on Monday. Dave Walsh will be with me at the Union Pub and Grill. We'll recap everything that happened this weekend. Hey, maybe we'll have some news Maybe we're going to find out over the weekend that maybe John Elmore, C.J. Burke's going to be picked up by a team or at least get some opportunity to play summer. That would be fantastic to be able to talk about on Monday. So we'll look forward to that kind of news. And, of course, you can join us at the Union Pub and Grill. Hope to see you there. For everyone here at Kendrick Communications, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for today's edition of The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.